Hello, my name is Rick Pearson. Welcome to Prophecy USA, a program specifically designed to unveil the hidden mystery of America's role in Bible prophecy. Did you know that the book of Revelation is made of 22 chapters describing the last seven years before Christ's return? But just as the Bible is not written in chronological order, neither was the book of Revelation. Today, you're gonna to be amazed as we look at the four writers of the apocalypse and how their actions will actually fulfill the hidden mystery of America's role in Bible prophecy. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Prophecy USA. In our previous lessons, we learned of the 53 descriptions of Babylon the Great and the fiery destruction that is soon to come upon her. We also learned of the supernatural open door when God in His goodness and in His mercy miraculously delivers His children in the midst of that fiery judgment. Just as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego met the fourth man in the flames of historical Babylon, the fourth man will someday appear again in the flames, delivering those who love him and punishing those who refuse his lordship. Paul said, if you're troubled, rest with us. When Jesus will come in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We also know that this judgment will come suddenly. It will only take one hour and in one day everything will change. It will come in the midst of a great war, a war that is not Armageddon. It's a war that precedes Armageddon. Scripture tells us that after this Gog-Magog war, Israel will burn or possibly melt the weapons of their enemies. This time period is also known as the captivity of Jacob. Ezekiel 39:25 says, Therefore thus saith the Lord, Now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob. And according to Jesus, this will be a tribulation that will last seven years before Messiah comes. But how will this all suddenly begin? Where are the hidden time codes in Scripture that will initiate this tribulation period? To begin our quest for scriptural references, listen to this. The book of Revelation contains 22 chapters showcasing a multitude of visions. However, these visions were not given in chronological order. Throughout the book, we will discover that some visions utilize a time sequence that places them before other visions in the preceding chapters. This unveiling in no way changes the book of Revelation, but rather rearranges traditional interpretations, shedding new light on things to come. And if any man shall take away from the words of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life, and out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. 
In previous lessons, we have learned that Babylon is the seventh of eight providential nations in Scripture. We also learned that the seventh nation, Babylon the Great, must be deposed before the eighth and final new world order of the Antichrist is given power to rule. During the seven-year period of Antichrist rule, multiple plagues and judgments will come upon the earth. Using the tribulation symbology of chapter 6, seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven vials, those plagues are described from chapters 6 through 16. However, after the seventh vial pours out, there is a time sequence that changes everything from traditional interpretation. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven, saying, It is done. The conclusion of the seventh vial of destruction is followed by a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake, and so great. At this point, the tribulation is finished. The last final war of mankind, called Armageddon, is suddenly halted by a great earthquake as Christ returns from the heavens, riding a horse with 10,000 of his saints. However, in verse 19, the angel makes a reference to Babylon the Great. And great Babylon came in remembrance of God to give unto her the cup of wine of the fierceness of his wrath. The Greek word for remembrance here is meniskomei, meaning to recall information from memory or to think about again. In other words, this remembrance is referring to a past tense event. The phrase, give unto her, is the Greek word didomi, meaning supreme or ultimate sacrifice. The English Standard Version Bible gives us further insight by interpreting this passage by stating, God remembered Babylon the Great to make her drain the cup of the fury of his wrath. From this interpretation, we now realize that the seventh vial of judgment being poured out is not the beginning of Babylon's judgment, but is the final and last drop of God's fury. But if the seventh and last vial contains God's last drop of fury, where is the first drop of his fury? To further explain this time sequence, God sends John an angel. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, saying unto me, Come hither, and I will shew unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. Notice in this verse, the angel taking John away is not the seventh angel that had the seventh vial, but instead it is one of the seven angels who had already poured out his vial. This angel describes Babylon as a rich, proud, powerful woman riding on the back of the seven-headed beast with ten horns. At this point, we see another time sequence confirming that the beast has received no power as of yet. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no power as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. This description taking place before the tribulation begins, and during this pre-tribulation time frame, the beast and the ten horns hates the woman who is sitting or holding him down. This time sequence is a pre-tribulation event, which dramatically changes at God's appointed time. And the ten horns and the beast shall hate the whore of Babylon, and shall make her desolate, and shall burn her with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to fulfill his will, and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast, until the words of God are fulfilled. These time sequence verses specifically puts Babylon's existence before the beast, or the new world order arrives. In fact, the coming new world order cannot fulfill God's word, 
until they are given authority to depose the seventh providential nation and begin the seven-year tribulation period. But how does this pre-tribulation narrative transition into the seven-year tribulation period? How are the plagues known as the seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven vials released? Wow! Do you realize that you just received an interpretation of the book of Revelation that no generation has ever heard? But why is that? Is it possible? Is it actually possible that these scriptures are being unveiled because we are the generation that is actually going to see these events come to pass? Remember Daniel was told to seal the book for the time of the end. Daniel didn't even understand his own revelation. But the Lord promised him that in the latter days, none of the wicked will understand, but the wise shall understand. Even Jesus said to the last seven churches, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And to those who do not hear, will blindly go into the tribulation period. But how will all this take place? Where is the transition from today and into the tribulation period? Prophecy teachers, seminaries, and even denominational institutions who tell you that America is nowhere to be found in Scripture also cannot tell you how this tra transition is going to happen. However, you might remember from last week that we discovered that the destruction of Babylon the Great would come suddenly in one hour or in one day, everything would change. If you've been listening to our programs, you'll also know that there are 53 descriptions of Babylon the Great, and the United States of America meets every description. Now, the book of Revelation uses many metaphors and pictorial narrations to communicate its apocalyptic descriptions. But according to the Bible dictionary, God uses horses in the Bible to symbolize three specific events. Horses represent strength, war, and swiftness. Do you give the horse his might? Do you clothe his neck with a mane? His majestic snorting is terrifying. He paws in the valley and exalts his strength. He goes out to meet the weapons. He laughs at fear and is not dismayed. He does not turn back from the sword. Upon him rattle the quiver, the flashing spear, and the javelin. With fierceness and rage, he swallows the ground. He cannot stand still at the sound of the trumpet. For when the trumpet sounds, he says, Aha! And he smells the battle from afar. When discussing the hour that changes the world, is it not surprising that the first four seals released in the tribulation period are described as the four horses of the apocalypse. But what does this have to do with America's role in Bible prophecy? The answer to that question is everything. You see, according to Scripture, the four horses are not only riding into the world before they circle the globe. The sound of those hoofbeats will be first heard loud and clear in the United States of America. So stay tuned. You do not want to miss the rest of this program. Two thousand years ago, innocent blood was shed for you. But will America come back? Will she seek God's forgiveness or will she suffer His judgment? Prophecy USA proudly presents a study guide 
addressing America's spiritual state of the union concerning her past, present, and future role in Bible prophecy. Call right now with your donation of $20 or more to receive your copy, 1-888-306-1759, or go online to prophecyusa.org right now. Welcome back. We just talked about the four riders of the apocalypse. But according to the Urban Dictionary, the four riders of the apocalypse are actually the four riders of a catastrophic event that begins the final seven-year battle of good and evil. And that final battle will only begin at God's appointed time in history. John makes that abundantly clear in Revelation 5.1, and one of the elders said to me, Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered, so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And he went and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy art thou to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by the blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. At God's appointed time in history, Jesus of Nazareth will open the first seal, and the wrath of God will be poured out on this planet. We pick it up in Revelation 6.1. And I saw when the Lamb opened the first seal, and I saw a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. The word conquer in this passage is the Greek word nikeo, meaning victory or superiority. As a verb, it means to win or to defeat. In other words, there are certain nations who will willingly be conquered, defeated, or won over to join the Antichrist. Now, we've already learned that the angel who carried John away said, Come and let me show you the destruction of Babylon the Great. We will now see that the description of Babylon's destruction matches perfectly with the release of the four seals. From previous programs, we've learned that the ten-nation New World Order must come into agreement or under submission of the Antichrist for him to rule the earth. Revelation 17, 12 says, And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have not yet received royal power, but they are to receive authority as kings for one hour together with the beast. A parallel passage of this event is found in Revelation 14, 7. And the first angel said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and the springs of water. Remember, horses in Scripture represent strength, war, and swiftness. Immediately after the first seal is opened, another seal is released, and it's the second rider of the apocalypse. And a second seal was opened, and there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. And what do they do with that great sword? The parallel scripture of Babylon's destruction 
at the beginning of the tribulation states, and the ten horns that you saw, they will hate the woman, and they will make her desolate and naked, and devour her flesh, and burn her with fire. In this passage, we see immediately after the white horse conquers or convinces other nations to join him, the red horse takes peace away from the earth with a war, utilizing a great sword that the red horse carries in his possession. And how does Antichrist and his ten nation conglomerate pull this off? Revelation 17, 17 says, For God has put it into their hearts to carry out His purpose by being of one mind and handing over their royal power to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. Isaiah prophesied, For there is nothing, there is no God like unto me, calling the end from the beginning and from the ancient of times things not yet done. For I have spoken it, I will also do it, I have purposed it, and I will bring it to pass. For God watches over His word to perform it. Remember, the horses in Scripture represent strength, war, and swiftness. When Jesus opens the second seal, the red horse swiftly releases his sword. And just as Jezebel's priests of Baal watched Elijah call down fire in 850 BC, the red horse, under God's purpose, releases his sword and calls down fire on modern-day Baal worshipers. And when that sword is released, it comes swiftly to Babylon the Great. Strength, war, and swiftness. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death, mourning, and famine. And she shall be burned with fire, for strong is the Lord who judges her. For in one hour is thy judgment come. For in one hour such great riches come to naught. For in one hour she is made desolate. But these two things shall come upon thee in a moment, in one day, the loss of children and widowhood. Thou shalt not know from whence it riseth, and mischief shall fall upon thee. Thou shalt not be able to put it off, and desolation shall come upon thee suddenly. Behold, they shall be stubble, the fire shall burn them, and they shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. For strong is the Lord who judges Babylon the Great. You know, there are other scriptures we've quoted to explain this one-hour destruction on Babylon the Great. However, our main purpose in this program is to show you the parallel between the four riders of the apocalypse and the destruction of Babylon, which has been specifically time-sequenced at the beginning, not at the end of the tribulation period. Traditional prophecy teachers who deny America's role in prophecy cannot tell you how or when the money system will change to a one-world currency. That question, however, is easily answered when the third seal is open, releasing the third horseman of the apocalypse. Immediately after the red horse is released, the third seal is opened, and we see how swift things will change when the black horse, 
makes his appearance. And when he had opened the third seal, I beheld a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou not hurt the oil and the wine. Balances in this scripture is a form of measuring currency or a medium of, medium of exchange. To emphasize that fact, the angel uses the four common commodities of John's day, which is wheat, barley, oil, and wine. Immediately after the red horse of war is released, the woman, Babylon the Great, who makes the merchants of the earth rich through the abundance of her delicacies, is literally overnight, in one hour, deposed. For in a single hour such great riches have come to naught. Now the Greek word used for riches in this verse is plutos, which means material blessings from God. According to the covenant promises of God in Deuteronomy, it states, for it is God who gives you power to get wealth. The God-given power and authority the U.S. has through her covenant with God, together with her riches, become totally useless after her judgment takes place. Just as Germany's money was instantly made useless the day Germany fell to the Allied forces in World War II, according to Scripture, the black horse literally overnight receives God-given control or power over the global economy. This new commerce is the direct result of the ten kings who pre-planned and authorized the destruction of Babylon the Great. A woman who they have hated for years. A woman whose covenant with God made her the strongest, most powerful nation in the world, resisting the agenda of the global elites. But also a woman who over the years has fallen away from her covenant with God. And now due to her shedding of innocent blood, she is destined to fulfill her role in Bible prophecy and receive her judgment. Scripture, for he who sheds innocent blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed, shows us the transition from one world currency to another world currency, and it will be a well-planned initiative by the Antichrist's ten-nation conglomerate. Just as we watched COVID-19 paralyze the world in fear, the release of the red horse's great sword will pave the way for one of the most provocative symbols that prophecy teachers have talked about for decades. Seemingly overnight, the old currency will be deposed of and the black horse will swiftly and methodically institute a global census for those who survived the war. Chips and vaccine technology is already designed and in place. Bitcoin currency is already being used. The only thing stopping the new currency from being used is the powerful global resistance from Babylon the Great. But once the red horse executes his judgment, the third black horse of the apocalypse will easily fulfill the written word of God. Revelations 13, 16 says, And the beast causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. 
and that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his right hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone and the smoke of their torment forever and ever. The warnings of taking the mark of the beast are extremely sobering. And to think that today, 85% of the body of Christ, the church of Laodicea, gets so uptight when you even mention the principle of tithing their money for the work of God's kingdom. Most Christians understand that it is God who gives you power to get wealth. But how many give their first fruits of that wealth back to God who gave it? How many who are left behind in the rapture will sell their souls for just a bite to eat? Of course, the last horse of the apocalypse is the direct result of the actions of the first three horses. And he opened the fourth seal and looked and behold a pale horse. And its rider's name was Death and Hades followed him. And they were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword and famine and pestilence and by wild beasts of the earth. The awesome destruction that comes upon Babylon will be met exactly as when the globe watched the World Trade Centers fall to the ground. The fear released by the COVID-19 pandemic kept people quarantined in their homes for weeks. But the massive destruction and subsequent nuclear fallout emanating from Babylon will be the catalyst for most people to immediately accept a vaccine, a digital implant, and the new money system that will be swiftly placed upon them. Even now as we speak, the technology is ready to go. The chips are easily processed. The distribution network is already intact. All the New World Order needs is for God's appointed time to fulfill every word He has spoken. Technology has finally caught up to the prophecies of biblical foretelling, and every word spoken by God is now easily achieved by the inventions of man. The four riders of the apocalypse will circle the globe and initiate the greatest catastrophic event in the history of the world. But when they appear, they won't be coming to the Mideast or European countries. The hoofbeats of the four riders will first be heard in the United States of America. And when they arrive, it will change the world forever. But are you ready? Have you asked Christ into your life? Or are you like the fools that God said would be mocking and laughing at His word at the time of His appearance? You know, we hope that is not the case. And we reiterate what Paul spoke to the Thessalonians. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with His mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, don't let this message scare you. 
No weapon formed against us can prosper, not even the great sword coming with the riders of the apocalypse. The fourth man in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's fiery furnace has never lost his power to deliver, and he's coming back much sooner than many people think. But we're out of time. You've been listening to Prophecy USA, and my name is Rick Pearson. We hope to see you next week on Prophecy USA. Shalom.